0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I am once again joined by Tony Farina. Now, if you didn't tune in last week, I implore you to go to last week's episode and check it out. Um, It explains sort of who Tony is in a little bit more detail and that sort of thing. Um, But if you don't fancy reading the description, I'll give you a very brief summary. Um, He's the Assistant Professor of Humanities at Siena Heights University. Um, I believe that's in Michigan in America. Um, He's also a reviewer of comic books for DC Comic News. Um, He also does a lot of audiobook reviews for Audible. Um, And also, one of the main reasons I sort of wanted to talk to him and things was because he was an early adopter of online education. So essentially he just teaches online courses to a lot of different people of different ages and we talk about it quite a lot in the last podcast and also in this one as well. So if that's something that interests you, just generally education, then that's definitely something this podcast is going to be really sparking your interest in. Um, But also there's a couple of other things in this podcast we talk about. And one part we talk about is gender specific names and saying how like it's quite strange that names like, you know, Ashley um, and Alex, you know, generally if you have a male or female, it's quite normal. But if you have a name like, Ben generally that's males but then you get other random ones like Elliot from Scrubs, obviously that's a female name in Scrubs but I personally haven't met any Elliot's who are female but um, we speak about that a bit uh, we also talk about some of the different interpretations of the Bible, uh, I personally am not religious um, I... I don't believe me and Tony explicitly said what his religious ideology was, um, but we had a good, honest conversation about you know sort of interpretations of the Bible. Um, he's done a bit of religious studies, um, and so have I. So it was quite cool to have that little chat. And we then speak about Tony's time, sort of doing women's studies and what that actually entails. Uh, speak about what Tony is actually studying at the moment. Um, he's got a thesis coming out and a, a book. Well, this thesis is a book. So we talk about all those sort of things. So you know, he's a really, really interesting guy, and he's really passionate about what he talks about. And It's just a thrilling conversation. I had loads of fun talking to him. So, I'm not really going to say much more about the podcast, or will start spoiling it. But, um, you know, as I said, it's a great chat. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And just before we get started, there'll be a quick promo for the Comics in Motion podcast. I played their promo last week, but it's because of them I basically got into contact with Tony. Um, and they're awesome dudes. And I think I said that I'm trying to sort out some sort of collaboration thing, maybe them come on my show again or something like that uh, for the run up to Star Wars. So, hopefully, that'll be a thing that we're sort of planning in the background. So, you know, that's another reason to add their promo as well. To help that but um yeah i think that's really it for me now guys um i'll be back at the end of the chat just to talk about what's sort of coming up and the other things that i've got planned uh and do my usual rambly stuff um so be sure to like and subscribe in all the usual channels um you know instagram twitter and facebook sharing this show via word of mouth doing itunes reviews or reviews on any other site you use it's always really appreciated and i really appreciate anyone listening and giving my little show a go so um thanks as always for tuning in guys and i'll talk to all of you at the end We are Comics in Motion. I'm Dave, the comic nerd. And I'm Chris,
1: the TV and movie geek. You can download our show from your favourite podcast catcher. We review TV
0: shows and movies that are based on comic books.
1: So if you can come
0: along and join in the fun,
1: that'd be super.
0: Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton.
1: So I just think it's a different level of engagement. And because while I'm chatty, I really do like being by myself. I'm okay with that. Like I'm I'm not, I was in a punk band in college. I'm not afraid to be in front of people. I could stand in front of a room and lecture, but I'm okay being alone. And so I think that's part of it too. Not everybody is, so it takes the right kind of person. But I feel my connection with my students. I know my students better now, having never seen their faces, than I think I did some, having spent you know, four, thirty hours with them in a in a classroom somewhere.
0: It's interesting you say that with the, the the faces part, because in a sense that's almost it's almost more true in 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 a weird way. It's almost uh, for lack of a better word, pure. It is like when the The body you know we are all brains at the end of the day that's actually what we are, and then we're in side of skull, and that's you know within skin organs or the sort of tomfoolery you know I don't choose my face, you know, I'm very fortunate that my parents were both averagely too good looking and i turned out okay, you know right. I've got funny colored facial hair, which is a talking point, and apart from that it's I don't have any, you know, I don't have any facial deformities. I don't have any sort of disabilities or anything that are very obvious, you know, things like that. And I'm very lucky that I don't have those things because, you know, there's people who I don't, I hate saying this word, the word ugly, but there are some people who are born and they, if some, loads of people would look at them and their first thought is you're ugly. And it's a horrible thing to think. And unfortunately there are some people who are like that and I hate saying it because it makes me feel uncomfortable even thinking it. But there are some people who like that and they have to try so much harder in one way or another. You know, you get some people who will, I'm not just talking about ugly people, I'm just talking about, you know, this, you people, the first taste people get of you is by looking at you, okay? And now a certain percentage of that is, you know, my hairstyle is generally the way it is because I choose to get a haircut and yeah, you know, my facial hair is because i can grow facial hair and right. very, it's very rare for guys to, who ha, can grow facial hair who don't i've noticed that quite a lot it's normally guys who are clean shaven are quite patchy so superior there but apart from that it's like you know it's and you've got it as well i can see it i did. so yeah exactly so it's like a lot there's loads of little tweaks you can do you know obviously women and now more so accepted men can put on makeup but generally speaking unless you go mental cosmetic surgery your face is what your face is you can't really do that much you can tweak it but you can't change it but the problem is is that people will see your face and they will a lot of the time judge you and then they make a judgment call about you and then they will somehow make everything you do a link to that in the wrong way you know they see you as they see you as ugly and then they treat you like you're ugly you respond badly because they're treating you ugly and they like, yeah just of course because you're ugly so you you act ugly you know it's that sort of uh negative feedback loop sort of thing and yeah and it's, sure Whereas when you're online, a lot of people can just be true. Like no one's worrying about, you know, me right now, I'm basically wearing pajamas because that's when I'm the most comfortable in uh, at all. I'm always doing podcasts. Well, it's also
1: what? God, nine o'clock there? Uh, it
0: is nine o'clock here, yeah. yeah but I don't so... normally get to sleep <laughs> till midnight, but you know, oh, okay. as, as soon as I get home, it's like pajamas. Like that, I, I so much more comfort than style. And if anyone sees me on Instagram or anything like that, they can tell. But it's, uh, I, I, I want to be comfortable. So when I chat with people on the podcast, I don't have to worry as much about how i look or anything uh that much but i don't have that burden of thinking oh i've got you know a growth on my face i've got a scar on my face i've got this i've got that so when it's just online and you don't have to see them they can just be like this is my idea i can show you as much or as little of myself as i want but in doing that what most people don't realize and it's something i've said before is a lot of the time you can tell the most about someone by what they don't say as opposed to what they do say and it's that kind of thing where you can get a true insight into how someone is and obviously if they're online and they you know they're doing an online course and they're trying to better themselves in some way usually it will uh filter out a certain amount of uh unpleasant people in a lot of ways but the, it takes away, as you say, the introvert and extrovert thing, which I, that is a really good point as well I hadn't thought of, is yeah, you take out social anxiety, you take out worrying that people have to wear something specific or go into this room full of people and worrying about asking questions and also being judged socially and then this affecting the social circles around you and everyone you care about and then people are whispering about you in the halls and you know social things. It's It takes so much more of that stress away and that must be... You must notice that yourself from uh, being teaching in classrooms to then you kind of get this um, uh, like a, a layer taken off in a
1: sense. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. And and the funny thing is, is the the program that we use now does allow people to put and It's maybe the size, I don't know, of a quarter on the mm. I guess I could blow it up on the on the screen. Um, it's just a little icon. You can make it your avatar, whatever you want. Some people put a picture of their dog. Some people leave it just the blank, you know, mm. Not a picture at all, just like a <laughs> silhouette. Um, mine is actually in black and white. It's, these are my computer glasses. That's why I have them on so I can see you. Um, I don't need them to drive or anything. But since that's how I'm – so I, I have this hat. Um, it's a ball cap, and it says, ha, it says Facts Matter on the front. Hashtag Amazing. Facts Matter. So I put the hat down real low. And so all they can see is, like, the top of my glasses and that hat. And it's in black and white, and it's a zoom in real close. And that's my, that's my avatar. Um, the idea being, it doesn't matter. Like, that's how I want you to know. This is a class where facts matter. That's what I care about. I care about you being honest and telling me what you need to say, speak your truth and write your truth. And I'm going to tell you mine. And that's how it's going to be. And so, but I have some people who put like, I have a a gal who, um, is getting married. So she had her wedding picture up there. That's awesome. You share what you want to share. Um, and it's irrelevant. Um, people, I don't require them to post pictures of themselves, but some people do. Some people absolutely will post pictures of themselves um, in other, like in the. we have a thing called the Cyber Cafe where you introduce yourself. Some people will attach other pictures in there, but generally they don't. And yeah, it, it's just a place where you get to present yourself 100% how you want. You can pick and choose if you wanna put a Snapchat filter on there and have yourself look like a hyena, you can do whatever you want. And uh, and it does, it. that's gone all you see is a name and the name the interesting thing about names is you and i i mean your name is mike i name is you know anthony tony um in general that's a gendered name both cases now obviously in europe tony tony with a man is generally spelled with an i so if you see t o n i you're not sure if you see t o n y like the way i spell it you probably know it's a man but there's two way names um my wife's family is full of them um You know, you don't know. You see that name. What is that? What is that name? Like uh, we were just watching an American football game. Uh, There's a team called the Houston Texans and they have a linebacker. His name is Whitney Merciless. Merciless, which is a great name. That is amazing. But his name is Whitney, which in this country isn't a man's name anymore. Hmm. Very, very rarely. And so, you know, if he were in my class and he didn't put a picture of himself, there would be plenty of people. His name would be the only marker and people would think Whitney's a woman. That's the only thing that I think doesn't come through as clearly is, is that person a man? Is that person a woman? Is that person binary? Is that person trans? You don't know. If that person outs him or herself, then you know. Uh, But other than that, I think it's really relaxed and I get a way truer sense of people uh, that I think they overshare by week eight. We do eight week terms. Instead of 16 week terms, we do eight week terms. So we do, two, eight weeks. So it's like a, it's called accelerated. So we're doing 16 weeks of work in eight weeks. So week one or two, you know, if it's your first class, the real tentative, but why week eight, they're sharing all kinds of crazy stuff with each other, right in discussion, just out in the open. I mean, I've had people tell me all kinds of personal stuff that isn't just to me. They're not like sending me an email like, Oh, Tony, I'm sorry. I didn't get my paper in my house flooded. It's in discussion. Here's this thing about my dad and, and you know, Sharing that story, or here's this thing about my kids are doing, and it's they would never do that in the classroom. Hmm. I get to know them so well, and they're then more open to learn, and it becomes a different community because you trust those people, you trust those names on the screen so much more than you would if you know Whitney Merciless sitting in the room is not this six foot six giant linebacker, just another guy, you know, you don't know, so everything goes away, and it really is. You know, you asked and I didn't answer it and I wasn't trying to avoid it. Would I ever go back and, and teach in a classroom again? And you actually use the word lecture, which that was part of the thing I didn't like hmm. uh, was lecturing. Uh, uh, I don't have to do that. I record my lectures. So it's like an inverted classroom. So all my lectures are recorded. I have a 15 minute. We use American APA for our citations. I have a 15 minute video, APA The Basics. They can watch it as many times as they want. Anytime I need to do a new grammar thing or here's how you paraphrase. I work out the video, I record it, it's done. I work, you know, I rework those maybe every year to make sure they're up to date. But then I'm just engaged with the students. In a classroom, Mm. again, you've only got three hours. I spend a third of the time standing up in front of them giving a lecture. That's not engaging at all. So I don't miss that. I don't miss the just standing there and Making them fall asleep, as you, <laughs> as you described. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was not the best student. but <laughs> I
1: had a student, I had a teacher in undergrad. Somebody fell asleep in class. Uh, and when we were leaving, she left him in there. And, uh, and we were leaving with her. And we're like, Dr. Lamb, doesn't that make you mad? And her, this cleared it up. She's like, because it was, just, I went to a small private school, like the one where I teach. And she said, um, I don't know how much it costs to go here that kid's not on scholarship, his parents, <laughs> I know his parents, he can sleep. Like that's how she felt. She's like, if he—if his parents wanna pay for him to take a nap in my class, I don't care if he fails. It was like mm-hmm. such an interesting, that right to try versus that right to succeed. You know, She's saying, look, he's, he is privileged. His parents can write a check and send him here and he wants to sleep through it. And you guys, the ones who are walking out with me are on scholarship and you took out loans and you did all this stuff. So I'd rather be with the people who wanna be here and, you know, it was just such a fascinating look at, at that, um, you know, that idea of that. But she was, I, I never fell asleep in her class. She was always really engaging. So, but, yeah. you know, I mean, you, we all know there's bad instructors. There's, I can't promise if I have to stand up and give an hour long lecture about symbolism, that's going to be boring after a while.
0: Hmm. I think especially with like the uh, instant instant gratification culture uh, as it were you know every piece of information relatively speaking ever at your fingertips when you're then just fed information for hours like you know I'm a huge podcast fan I I mentioned I love Rogan's podcast. they're normally like three hours long well I, I don't sit there and have three hours of a podcast that evening I listen to it in like somewhere between five and an hour five minutes and an hour long snippets depending if I have a car ride or if I'm doing the, if I'm you know uh, doing chores, I'm just washing the dishes and it takes, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I'll just pop it on. I don't remember 90% of what's said in those conversations, but I pick up little bits of information. It's entertaining and I learn little bits from it and stuff. But I was thinking with, um, I was going to mention the name thing as well. You've said so many great things. I could jump Sorry. off of topics. How dare you be interesting, Tony? It's not fair. <laughs> if only you had a one track mind and then it would be so easy to think. Sorry. Of but I'm thinking of loads of things at once. Um, I was going to say, uh, i'll say two things okay the first one is just a small point which is the good thing is the online course uh is with one thing as well that you kind of mentioned that i half touched on before was with your brain power you have to use whatever amount to listen and you know more of that is to process it you know you can hear stuff and then there's listening and then there's processing and there's thinking about and kind of working out and organizing in your own mind and then there's also if you're in a class Even if, like, I'm... People can probably tell if they've listened to the show before, uh, and you can tell by probably the way I'm acting, is I'm an extrovert. I'm very much, you know if I could sing, I would be a singer. I would be standing on a stage. I mean, thank everyone must be so happy I'm not because I would, man, my ego would have gone through the roof. If I, was a, te- if I was, a, it was a good thing I was really overweight and not good looking when I was a teenager as well because if I was good looking, a great singer and super smart, man, I pff, I would not want to know where I ended up. I'm glad I got Jared Leto? Uh, yes. Well, yeah, my mate always talks about Jared Leto. He's like, I love his music and he's got the best voice ever, but
1: he's such a dick. <laughs> it's like, that's it. Like, that's I- too, it sounded like you were describing.
0: I'm not. I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I don't have any strong veeks for or against Jared. Yeah. Now. I mean, I think his music's cool and he's an all right actor at times. But pff, you know, but it's um within a class. You know, there's a thing I only just really thought of, which is even being an extrovert and i don't have a lot of the insecurities or worries and things i have quite i rationalize quite easy which is like well if people hate me for who i am then i don't want that kind of person to be have i don't care about their opinion in in a sense like it's a very simple way of looking at it but that's how i kind of got through um a lot of people hating me when i was in school so with me even i think that when i'm in class or you know i was at a Uh, forum yesterday like uh, about autonomous vehicles and stuff you know the future of cars and fraud and these sorts of things and um, I was asking a lot of questions because I always do and I'm always curious and but there were certain points where I was like oh I'm not going to ask that question because I've just asked like three questions and even if this fourth question is more important to me I don't want to seem like to all these strangers I'm never going to meet again that I'm constantly I'm asking questions it's getting near lunchtime it's already running a little bit late I don't want to be the guy who holds everyone back to make them 20 minutes later and then later on when they have to drive three hours to get home after this you know autonomous vehicle uh thing that they're thinking oh that guy he just wouldn't shut up in class but if if this like i've got the contact details of, some of the people so i will be berating them with questions uh, <laughs> but you know they don't escape everyone else does but even me who doesn't have social anxiety um i a part of my brain is always on at least in the background thinking right but you know you can't say this you can't say that you have to make sure you do this you have to you, you there's that checker that that there is that filter and that in itself takes up brain power as well as everything else and like for people who are introverts that must be exhausting trying to learn while also thinking if you, like i've got a couple of mates who have got quite bad social anxiety and they really don't like even they love music but they don't like going to gigs because all the people and etc and it's like they have to really uh, my, my mate um one of my mates actually described it perfectly um He's one of the ones I know who's got the, probably the first person I met who has really quite bad social anxiety. And he was like, he's I do like going to gigs. Or I do like, you know, going to parties or whatever. But he says, the thing is, is that the amount of effort that it takes to actually be comfortable. I have to, it takes me, you know, hours of getting in my mind thinking everything's going to be fine. Nothing's going to go wrong. And then you get there and then it takes an hour to get used to being in this new environment. And then while you're talking to people, you're still thinking about all this stuff. And it's like, that must be insanely hard, like, and that. And the other little thing I want to tack on was um, just names. I was saying the other day, actually, it's really weird that names are actually androgynous. But then, it's like, you know, I mean, it's like a table, it's a bad example because in every language, I think apart from English, they have masculine and feminine things. But like, you know, you have, one example I use is the TV show Scrubs. There's a girl Mm. in that called Elliot. When I yeah, yeah, when I saw that show, I was like, "Why is that girl called Elliot? That doesn't make sense." And then I met more Alex's and more Ashleys and more Charlies and more, you know. And then you know, I've seen a couple of Leslies who are guys as well. And it's like, I remember saying to someone, "I was like, what makes a girl name a girl name, and what makes it a guy name? Like, it's it's not. I mean, one could argue, you know, you've got the macho in air quotes names like just quick, easy like Ben, Dave, John, but it's like, why? they're it, just mouth noises like why is this mouth noise if everyone's saying gender doesn't really matter anymore some people are saying it does Some people saying it doesn't it doesn't you know who you are as a gender doesn't affect your personality in most senses every person should be treated as an individual regardless of gender race you know etc but so it's like so why should a name have to be gender related like
1: yeah i don't know it, it shouldn't you're absolutely right and that's the thing so there's there's definitely times where, you know, I'll be unsure, I'll see a name, and I won't be sure because it's a two-way name. And it's funny, you mentioned Ashley, where in this country, Ashley is a more of a female name okay. um, than then, then over there. And it's, you know, and in Evil Dead and uh, the <laughs> Army of Darkness, you know, Love that. his name is Ashley. And it was just always an interesting thing. It was it's probably one of the last um, pop culture references of a man in America called Ashley is probably from but, that I can think of. Is, the, is that and then you know the show Ash versus the Evil Dead was just recently on and that's live forever um another Michigan native Bruce Campbell so I'll just
0: my brother calls uh. him Juicy Brucey <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's something else that he's great but I love uh, him. but yeah no it is a it is a fascinating thing and you know you're right names aren't uh, every every name is a two way name now they they all no names mean anything um you know I grew up a comic book nerd so Logan was Wolverine mm, yeah and then but I know um, you know, I know plenty of women or girls, more, more girls than women, but girls now, you know, like between age, like 10 and 15, like, or even in their early twenties, who went to school with my kids or, or students of mine who have younger kids who are called Logan, um, that are girls. And that just happened. And I don't know when it happened, but it doesn't really matter. It's just, you make that choice. Um, that's your name. Um, You're you're right. And it shouldn't matter. It absolutely doesn't. But that is that's what I'm saying, though. That is the I notice in an online environment. That's really the last bastion of that is the name. People see the name and they make an assumption, um, you know, of that. But you think like you said, men called like Leslie Nielsen is an American treasure, Right. Yeah. And um, you don't think twice about that. No. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, but, it, you know, most, most people associate that as a as a female name. But, um, yeah, it's takes as one, though.
0: It just takes like one famous person. Or it, it doesn't have to be famous necessarily, yeah. but, you know, one person who's famous. Like, one person of renown, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and jumping off that, I, I did want to uh, ask, before we go on another tangent, because I keep forgetting yeah. to ask you about it, women's studies, like, yeah. what is that about? And before I I'll let you answer that question, I'm going to ask a quick thing, which is linking in with what you did with the religious studies thing and the person who said uh, reading into the bible someone um uh, someone i used to know from college who was uh, religious but then became more agnostic and stuff spoke about the bible one thing that she actually said to me which I, I hadn't thought of until that point was that line in the bible obviously it's very much more famous over there than over here which is you know uh, a man shouldn't lay with another man as he would with a woman and you know a lot of people who say that means you shouldn't be gay blah rubbish um but one thing that she said to me is something that certain scholars have uh, looked at from that is actually that in those times women were valued as lesser uh, individuals than men so it's actually don't treat a man like you would treat a woman because men are better than women and that's a really interesting way of kind of counter-arguing that whole even if someone believes everything in the bible and you want to hate gays for that stupid reason there's no reason you should never hate gays but you know I, I want to ask did that get mentioned at all it and did from, it did
1: wonderful it, it did. i would hear about di- that but in a different way it's oh. funny um Well, it's interesting that line in particular. So, um, the, and again, I'm not the scholar. So I took (laughs) a few religious studies classes. Um, and then because I took the second religious studies class I took or third was that gender and biblical interpretation. And that, that led me to this other path, um, of the women's studies, because I found that more fascinating, um, than just the straight religious studies. Cause I thought religious studies was going to be, I'm going to study Taoism and Hinduism and like, you know, and the Quran. Um, uh, what it ended up being, because my school was a was a like the 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 freshman dorm where I lived um, was called Wesley Hall. You know, we're method; it's a Methodist school. So religious studies there, the the intro to religious studies guy, and then the this gal April, they were like the unicorns. Um, the rest of it was like we're going to study Christian theology and not even the Old Testament. We're just going to focus on. So that was that was less interesting to me because I wanted to study religion, world religion, and that's mm, what I yeah. thought religious studies would be. And that's fine, you know. Different different schools can do it their own way. But so anyway, that line in particular. So I'm I am by no means an expert. Disclaimer. But um, the interesting thing about that whole thing is that what what April said was the, all of that was written by Paul. The whole um, hatred of gay people came from Paul. Um, Right or interpretations of what Paul said and the interesting thing about Paul is of course he Wasn't a believer, right? He was Saul. He meets Jesus after Jesus is dead Right, the the spirit of Jesus comes to him and he becomes Paul and he becomes like the biggest writer of the New Testament After the Gospels is Paul and Paul was really truly like he was the one who pushed that agenda Um, And so her argument, one could argue, and she really looked at it, it was gender and biblical interpretation. And that's the biggest thing for her was, we're not reading this in its original language, so it's all interpretation. Um, You can be the most faithful, devout Christian, and good for you if you are, but if you're not reading it in its original language, you're reading an interpretation. There's nothing you can do about that. One of my favorite books of all time, One of the greatest, I mean, the greatest novel, in my opinion, is the first novel, which is Don Quixote. And I don't read Spanish. So I've only ever relied on translations of it. My love of a book is probably wrong. Everything that I love about Don Quixote, I have several copies of it hidden around the house. Some are more prominent. Some are like, like digital copies of it. I love that book. But they're different because they're different interpretations. So she focused on that. So what you're saying, your interpretation of it could be totally accurate. Her argument was, He was really, um, you know, a lot of it comes from what you're saying. He was very, like, pro-man and men are supposed to be um, the leaders of the community and women were lesser than. Um, And she also argued that Paul suggested that um, men, in order to resist temptation of being with a man or with, like, Paul's the reason that priests in the Catholic Church are celibate. That was him. And so he just had this whole disdain for women. So you could argue that he hated women or you could argue that he actually really liked men and that was his way to, to, um, to you know, keep himself from that was by wrapping himself up in his faith. And that was his way to stop him from something that people at the time thought were unclean. It's kind of like, was it just a couple of days ago, there was one of these big gay conversion assholes is gay. Mm, like in a, like always. spent 20 years doing this horrific thing to people, and now he's out. Oh, so all yeah. the damage and horrific things that you've caused for 20 years, because now, well, right, we knew. Um, So that was always her interpretation that maybe it was a "me thinks he doth protest too much" situation
0: mm, with yeah. Paul.
1: So, but again, just an interpretation. If it, I, the odds that April DeConick hears this and is like, "You totally misrepresent," if she hears <laughs> this and says, "I totally misrepresented her," she should come on the show. Because that would be fascinating. I would, love, I would love.
0: to talk to someone about uh, religiosity and things. I think religiosity could be interesting. she,
1: like I said, she made us read the uh, the Gnostic Gospels, which I didn't even know were a thing until then. No, I, I didn't know they were a thing. It's I know, but the sea
0: sco- the sea scrolls, I've heard of vaguely, and I know there's like there's the Abrahamic religions that i've my knowledge of them kind of mixed up a little bit you know because you've got like you know the judeo-christians and the, you know Ju- judaism and yeah. christians and then catholicism and then you've got mormons and then you,
1: you know and those are the, all christian yeah those are yeah. all different other than judaism those are all forms of christianity
0: exactly and then you've yeah. got obviously the other Abrahamic religions you know the quran is Abrahamic they mentioned course, jesus yeah. in the quran but they just don't think that he's as much of a prophet as muhammad but then right Jewish people the don't the prophet think
1: right before Mohammed,
0: exactly so it's like yeah. all these they all kind of link together in, in some way some sort of i almost think of every religion is like a puzzle piece to the story of the great universe in my opinion i just feel like science has more of the the puzzle pieces but that doesn't mean that religion's not valuable but um with uh with your women's studies then so sure. what what did you what is women's studies you know yeah it's generally. an
1: interdisciplinary study Hmm. So I, it's, it's, it's
0: interdisciplinary Interdisciplinary.
1: So essentially we we call it it where I teach, we call it multidisciplinary. And essentially the idea is there are things that don't fit. We talked before about having a major. I can say I'm an English major and you're like, Oh, you read, you write. You're right. That's what I do. I read, I write, I think about reading. I think about writing. That's my job. I teach mostly writing, but I teach a lot of, you know, um, thinking and critical thought too. But you're an accountant there's some degrees that are just things but but there are subjects that cross over so women's studies i here are the courses that i took so we took an intro to women's studies class like at my university you're required to take a fine arts course and a humanities course so my fine arts course was this art history course which i ended up loving uh but it focused mostly on uh, and i took up a few other art history courses too just for fun because i'm i like that stuff but um so one of the classes I took, though, was focusing on female artists. So you're Willa Cather, your um, are uh, yeah, no, she was a writer. Um, Georgie O'Keefe, are Mary Cassatt, you know, like the big the big names of female, and there were other ones, of course, um, that we'd study. So that so I just took that, and then we took I took this intro to women's studies class, and it was essentially dealing with like feminist theory and the the idea of where does where does this word feminism from where does it come. And interestingly enough, we started with Mary, Mary Shelley's um, mom, Mary Wollstonecraft, who wrote The Vindication of the Rights of Women. So think about when that was. Think about who Mary Shelley is. She wrote Frankenstein. So before her, her mom wrote this thing called Vindication of the Rights of Women. And it's a mind blower to think how old that is. Hmm. Um, and we would read like uh, Sojourner Truth, who was, a, who was a, uh, an escaped slave in America, who was a suffragette and an abolitionist? Because right. you know she's she's both things. Yeah. And so we, it was like we just kind of studied the history of when we read some Ursula K. Le Guin. Do you you know her, the writer? I'm the afraid not. Um, so just a little bit of everything. You know, whatever. Here's some Jane Austen. You know, here's some of this, some of that. And you know, and you know, not all these women necessarily consider themselves feminists, but they are part of the feminist movement. So you just kind of learn like the history of of women's rights and suffrage and just feminist theory is this concept of, you know, what does that even mean? So then you would take like a history class. So I took uh, I took a gay and lesbian lit course, which counted too, which I found interesting because that wasn't just about female writers, but it counted um, towards women's studies. I took this gender and biblical interpretation class. There was a human sexuality anthropology class that counted, um, you know, just like learning things about the world. And so then all I needed was this feminist theory class at the end. So I was pulling from anthro and from literature and from art and from social science and, and religion. And so then they're like, Oh, so it's an interdisciplinary degree. And then, so the feminist theory, which is, you can look at it from any perspective, the best way to describe like a literary theory, you know, there's all kinds there's Marx's, Marxist theory. There's, um, uh, you know, there's a reader response theory when you're studying literature, it's like a frame you hold up a picture frame over whatever it is you're looking at. And you're saying, I only can see this. So feminist theory is: how are the women treated? How are the women represented? What is it saying about women in whatever it is you're reading? Mm-hmm. Then you could move the feminist theory and you could come in and go, well, I'm going to do deconstructionism on the exact same piece. So we, I took a feminist theory class where essentially all we did for 15 weeks was study art, literature, music through the feminist lens. Mm-hmm. And then I had to write a paper and do an intern, you know like do, a, do an internship. I don't, actually don't even remember where I did that. Um, <laughs> that's the one piece I don't remember. Cause that was just like a practical thing where you'd go and like work at a, like a women's shelter or something like that. Um, so it, it's really truly like a jackknife or, a, or, not a jackknife, like a Swiss army knife degree where you just learn a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And so it works out perfectly because I'm the multidisciplinary studies coordinator at my school. So oh, I'm the person who's like trying to get people from across, but we just call it MDS, but women's studies was its own thing. Um, it still is at that university, at that college, Albion College, but some places have it. Uh, university of Michigan actually has has some of the, uh, like we read books that were written by people who teach there. Mm, oh, um, wow. Yeah. It, so it, it's, that's the best explanation is you just learn a little <laughs> bit about everything. And it was just fascinating because again, I just liked all those things. And so the minor just, I didn't set out to actively do it. But then when I realized that I only had to take this one more class and I'd have a minor that was... Really, kind of indicative of the learning that I had at my at my college. You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So it really worked out well.
0: Um, And what do you? see you obviously, um, I can't remember if you said this on air or off air, but you have got a thesis, and it's basically going to be, uh, a, a, a novel essentially. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, so I I'm, ask, I'm getting it. I'm getting so a master's of fine arts. in creative. That's what, I was gonna ask what that is it is
0: now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you, so you're learning, uh, fine arts. Is that what the, your current qualification pursuit my curr- is?
1: So my first master's degree was in education, focusing hmm. on teaching adult learners, which is what I do. So I have an English undergrad. Then I have a first, a master's degree with a master's of education. So just a teaching, you know, not a certified, but to be able to teach adult learners. Um, I focused on adult learners and like reading, you know, adult reading and writing, that kind of thing. And then now I'm getting this other degree. So a master's of, of education isn't considered a terminal degree. So a terminal degree is a doctorate or a fine arts degree. So um, the fi- a master of fine arts is in creative writing. So you can get a master of fine arts in, you know, in art history. You can get a master of fine arts in ceramics. I'm getting a master's of fine arts in creative writing. And so that is that I'm writing a novel for that. So are you doing
0: that because like, where, where do you want to go as a, from here? I mean, obviously you're oh. already teaching an online class. You've got a novel that you'll be coming out along with your, hopefully qualification and things. So, so yeah. where, where do you want, is this a jumping off point? Are you just basically following passions that
1: you think, uh, are really is. like this? Yeah. My ki- my children are adults. We're empty nesters. We had our kids, my wife and I didn't have any kids together. We had, she had three I had two. We merged our, ki- merged our families. They're all adults out in the world. Um, it's just us, and, uh, but we're still in our 40s, and so uh, we can do things that, like this, and it's not that I couldn't do it before. I mean, I got my first master's when my kids were young, and my wife got her library degree, which is also a master's degree, when the kids were in the middle, middle, middle to young, you know, middle, <laughs> middle te- some of them were teens, some of them were still single digits during that yeah. time, but, you know, so it's doable. Uh, but the Master of Fine Arts was never really the most practical degree at the time. It, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of attention. And not to say that the Master of Education didn't, but that was more class-based. You'd go to class, you'd sit in class, you'd do your stuff, you'd write your papers, you write your thesis. I wrote a thesis about invitational education, which is, you know, about like asking students what they want to learn and trying to cater to them. Hmm. It, was, it was, you know, I just wrote a paper, a big paper about it, really. But this was always something I would have wanted to do, but it just really wasn't practical at the time when my kids were little. Uh, so this is something I wanted to do. And I've been teaching now for, well, since I was 21 years old. So I've been teaching for 25 years. Wow. And, and I needed to remember what it was like to be a student. And I'm naturally curious. I want to do more things. And I could have gotten a doctorate of education. I could have done that. I actually got accepted into a program. I applied uh, to it. I got accepted. Um, some things didn't work out. And I'm actually glad. So then um, my, where I work, and there's a thing called, there's national accrediting bodies around the United States. And uh, they want you to have a terminal degree or experience. Well, because of the amount of experience I have teaching, I don't need a terminal degree. But it looks better for the university if I have one. <laughs> So, um, but it, that's not, they, nobody asked me to do this. Hmm. This was my choice to do it. Um, in fact, very few people actually know. So I'm now that I've said it, I'll, I'll be telling more people that I'm almost <laughs> done with it. Um, yeah. So it's, it's one of those situations where I'm doing it because I've been writing stories since I was 12 years old and I wrote that play and I'm always writing. But it's, it's almost like you need to have a focus, right? You need to have Sometimes you need a kick to do it. And now I've gotten where I am now, that muscle is flexed. So I know when to write. I know how to write. I know how to take 20 minutes of my day and write a page. Um, I know that if I don't get the whole story done in the first draft, that's okay. Those kinds of things where, you know, writing is hard. Writing takes time. And when you have a full-time job and everything, it's it's really easy to make excuses. Yeah. Oh, but you know... That, that soccer match is on. I don't, you know, which yeah. I still want to do. I still want to watch that soccer match, but I can watch that on replay. You know, that's mm. where technology is great. <laughs> I can just go watch it on demand. Just avoid the sports page and go watch it later. So yeah, so there's no end game other than I wanted to write this book. Uh, I've had the idea for years. Um, my wife and I were actually laying on a beach and I was like, you know what? And I told her this premise, like, if this were us, this is what we would do. And then she said, "Oh, that'd be funny," and because uh, the premise of the book is the the matriarch of the family has died, and she was rich, and the kids didn't know. And that's what I said to my wife. It was just the two of us when we lay on the beach, and I just said, "Man, if we were rich, we wouldn't tell the kids." <laughs> she was like, "Yeah," you know. And then they'd find out later. So like, we keep the money from them, but we just yeah. like you were saying earlier, you know, about struggle. Yeah. You know, cause we both want to work. She's a librarian. I'm a the teacher. These are things we want to do. So, um, we wouldn't want them to think they could, they could stop at 16. Oh, you guys are rich. It doesn't matter. You know? Yeah. yeah 100%. And so that's the premise that there's like working class family from Indianapolis and their parents are dead and the kids now discover they're rich, hmm. but there's like, there's, um, but they're a broken family and they're all kind of forced to come back together and deal with each other. And yeah, that's the book. So it's just like family drama. But it's not heavy. It's not heavy lifting in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, it, but so it's just a story I thought would be interesting to tell. And the challenging thing is I'm telling it from the perspective of, of every character speaks in first person present tense. Hmm. So you switch from from this person to this person. This is a you know a 35 year old man, and this is a 40 year old woman, and this is a 17 year old girl, and they're all talking. They're all telling their version of the story in real time, and they don't overlap. Hmm. So to move from scene A to scene B, I have to move from this guy talking to this girl talking, and I have to, like, in my brain, take his brain out and then put <laughs> her brain in because I'm speaking as her. Yeah. So it's, it's just been a challenge. Um, but it's been you know, it's been fun. It's, you know, first world problems. It's, I'm not digging a ditch. I'm just <laughs> writing a book. But it's, it is fun, and, uh, I mean, my hope is that people will like it.
0: Well, yeah, well, that's that's all you can do—is having a passion project. But um, have you seen the film uh, Royal Tenenbaums? I have. Yeah, I, I, Wes Anderson. He's the director. He's one of my favorite yeah. directors. I, I just—that's yeah, what yeah. I thought
1: of. Yeah, that, that's a, that's one of the things. It's funny. I, I didn't think that. You know, it's interesting what it is, and I didn't realize it. I mean, the characters have literary names. I'm a book person. I, I'm a book nerd all the way since my whole life, and um, the characters have like literary names because I'm kind of writing an American novel. And yeah. So they, the characters, their parents named them after American writers, not after uh, American characters. And so there's a book by William Faulkner, and I am not a Faulkner fan. So I've now made Faulkner at people angry and I <laughs> made Jared Leto mad if he's listening. <laughs> um, he was great in that Blade Runner movie, though, I have to say. <laughs> he was. I, well, that was movie. He was amazing movie. in that. Yeah. Um, I feel like, but I still feel like they just showed up at his house and he was dressed like that. And they're like, good. <laughs> Let's film this. Let's yeah. you wear that to work today. <laughs> That's how I. I don't know him at all, but that was my thing. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, so there's a book by William Faulkner called As I Lay Dying, and this is the plot: the mom is dead, and the family, these like kind of hill hill folk from Mississippi in Mississippi, have to take their mom to where they're going to bury her, and and you roll through their their versions of this trek. So uh, it's kind of that, you know, because at the end the story is called The Will. At the end, you'll and and. Pieces throughout, you hear snippets of stories from the mother being told. Um, so, and then as I lay dying, there's one scene from the mother's perspective. So I'm I'm kind of lifting that yeah. um, that structure. It's not it's going to be longer than that and um, less less self loathing. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't hate myself like Faulkner did. Um, <laughs> the it takes place in the Midwest, which is where I'm from, and it's not a it's you know the, the, some of the characters aren't excited to be back, but there's not like a genuine hatred of it, whereas, you know, mm-hmm. Faulkner, everything he wrote, he hated everything about Mississippi, which is where he was from. So, but anyway, that's the idea. So it's just something to something to keep pushing myself. And, uh, you know, I'm only, you know, I'm only 46. So hopefully, maybe 20 years from now, I'll go get another, I'll get that doctorate later. Yeah. You know, I just want to keep learning. And, and I can't, you know, you can do the goodwill hunting thing, you know, it's like, you're going to spend hundred thousand dollars on something you could learn from a dollar fifty and finds from the public library. Totally true. Love the public library. My wife is a librarian. I'm pro-library. <laughs> but I also think sometimes the structured education helps you to motivate yourself. Yeah. I could I have sitting and written this novel? Yes. Would I have? Probably not.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Right? You know, whatever your motivation is. So so there's no end game. I don't plan on leaving where I work. I plan on continuing doing what I'm doing. I'm uh, a, a colleague of mine who has an MFA already, she and I have discussed creating an MFA program at our university, which is totally online. The way that I do it now, it's low res. So three times a year, I have to go to Colorado and spend a week there three, you know, on campus doing stuff. And that is prohibitive. That's, that's costly too. So there's some people who just, who can't do that kind of program. So I would love to, there's not a lot of totally online MFAs. So that's maybe something we would do is see if we can convince our university to do that but for now it's a totally selfish endeavor (laughs) well I
0: mean that's great I mean it's it's a passion project I mean that's that's what you want to do isn't it it's like you know one of the reasons I have this podcast is you know fingers crossed in 10 years if I'm still doing it in 10 years I will have enough supporters to have a Patreon page for have people to be able to support me so I could do this full time. That's the dream. That's not realistic. I, I doubt that's going to happen. I would love for that to happen, but I'm not like, yes, th- this is what, this is my future. This is what I know I'm going to... It's like, I have to be realistic. This is something I spend a lot of my time on and I find that there are certain days, and I've said the podcast before, and I hope people don't feel like I'm being very negative on the podcast, but it's like, I do have certain days. I do all my editing on Sundays, um, usually, and, you know... Sunday, it takes about four hours from this raw chat to release part yeah. one it's you know I make I do the artwork and photoshop I do promotional st- stuff to put on instagram I make an audio snippet to put on instagram I write all the description the hashtags the normal tags you know uh, linked people's websites and etc After have to listen to the show back and write appropriate notes about it I have to do intro and outro all this sort of stuff and edit it to make sure you know when I Clear my throat and cough a thousand times. Uh, that I, didn't, I, I didn't catch you doing it at all. Maybe I've <laughs> yeah, just not noticed. Maybe not, not yet. No, but um, I'm getting <laughs> better at not doing it. <laughs> but you know, all these little bits and pieces. Uh, that, so I spend like four hours on a Sunday, and you know, Sunday, I've been, you know, Friday, I've been doing whatever, and then Saturday, I chew with my girlfriend, and we normally go out and do stuff because we we're quite um. We're quite active, we're always doing something, we're going to, you know, people always tell me, they're like, my friends say even watching me is actually exhausting, because I'm just always doing stuff, and that's the problem with liking everything, is, you know, I want to watch, go to the cinema, I watch movies, while also watching Game of Thrones and TV series, but I love Star Wars, so I want to watch a Star Wars YouTuber for two hours, but I want to play Guitar Hero with my girlfriend, and it's like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Um, finding time to do all these things, and podcasting takes a huge amount of of time out of that because I try and post on social media every night so more people can find me and hear people like you talk who, you know, my job is just finding people that are more interesting than me and trying to have a conversation with them and shine a spotlight on them and it's like, it sounds like a douchey thing to say but like, I would love to be, have be famous from podcasting not so I could be famous but so, when I meet people who are really talented and cool I'd actually have some sort of weight behind me, you know, like Joe Rogan. If, you, if Joe Rogan, you know, coughs and it sounds like your name your twitter followers will go up by like a hundred thousand overnight you know he's got that power and like i've got friends who You know, I've got uh, my friend Wayne who started a podcast recently called Ignite the Flame Audio. That's really cool. Um, He's an author and um, his podcast is reading a chapter from his book each time and then afterwards he does tips of the trade and some background information on the, like, what he was thinking, his inspiration, little Easter eggs and things like that. It's a really cool way for him to release his book to people who don't want to spend money buying a physical copy or digital copy of the book. And he, like, he's so talented and he's way more talented and interesting than I am. So it's like, I want him to cover the podcast and for people to come and see him and then kind of give him love. And yeah. I would just love to have a podcast where I could say you're awesome. No one knows about you. Come on my show, more people will know about you and it will help you to live out your dream in a sense. And in doing so I can have my dream which is just traveling around England and just you know I would like to be able to say chat with you for 2 hours, release that as one podcast and then next week have another 2 hour long conversation and release that and have but I I don't have time to to be able to I'd have to record an episode with someone every single week and it's so much time and effort and things that goes into all these things and it's like my it's a passion project. If at the end of the however long I mean I've been doing it now two yeah two years I think almost yeah it's end of August it's September now isn't it yeah two years I've been doing this and the, the biggest thing for me is meeting cool people you know like you and like golf and the guys in comics and motion like a lot of the podcasters i've met that i've got friends in london now who we're planning on we're going up to london me and um, a girlfriend for uh she's supposed to go to this lectury thing cause she's a teacher uh, she's a languages teacher yeah that's what you mentioned yeah yeah so it, you know um we want to go up there to this conference thing and then we're going to see these guys but i met them through podcasting and it's even if i stopped tomorrow i would still have met all these cool people and having a podcast has changed my experience of life how i talk to people how i process information you know you said um before we were recording you've listened to some of the earlier ones that i did well some of the earlier ones i noticed especially because the earlier ones are primarily with my friends and things is Mm -hmm. i talk a much higher percentage of the time than i actually want to which sounds weird but sometimes i will just get verbal diarrhea and while talking i'll think of like 10 other things to say and i want to try and say these interesting things and have a conversation about them but I also don't want to forget them but I do want to hear what the other person has to say but I I get wrapped up in it far too much and I'm getting far far better at it now of just saying okay I can I can pause here I can let someone else talk but it's just passion It, it the reason I do this is because I love doing it and even at the days that I'm just like Fuck, I don't want to spend four hours editing on this Sunday. But if I get, if I give myself the exception of that one Sunday, it will start to keep happening and then it won't be as consistent. And then my chances from, you know, of making it big or succeeding or getting more followers or whatever, that'll go from being very slim to almost none. And it, right. And that's kind of how I I appreciate anyone that has a passion, especially when it's not something that's necessarily going to give you financial gain in immediate terms. You're just like, I want to do this. It's actually going to cost me money and time to do this thing, but it adds to my own life experience so much that I'm going to do that. And that's what I really appreciate about you. That's what I get from hearing about your
1: thesis. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it is, that is all true. You know, going to college to study anything, Hmm. it costs you money um, unless you are on a full scholarship and you're, you know, some magic, amazing athlete or musician who gets a full ride scholarship somewhere. Uh, That's true. And you do that again because you want to learn something, you want to be better at something. Uh, yeah. So for me, the book, I, you know, I, could I have done it? Like I said, I don't, I don't think I would have. I think I would have fixed and started it like I had before. Get, oh, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work real hard and I'm going to write these 10 pages. Oh, I wrote 10 pages today. Yeah, I'm good for the year. You know, <laughs> and that's not OK. I mean, when this process started, so I'm in, I'm, I'm almost done. Um, I, I'll finish in May of 2020. So that means I started in June of 18 and in June of 18, I had maybe 20, 30 pages of this book and I've got 250 pages now and I know how it's going to end. You know, I'm not writing it as much as I would like to right now because I'm in the, you know, when you're in class, you're writing other things, and you're reading other things and then I've got to do my job to, you know, grade papers or whatever. So I don't write as much on it as I would like to, but I definitely, but I have that, That muscle memory now that if even if it's just once a week, if I can work on the book once a week and I can get five or six pages written, that's good. There's a young adult writer called Scott Westerfeld, whom I love. Um, He wrote a book called Afterworlds, which is about this woman, this girl writing a book, and then every other chapter is the chapter that she's writing. Right, okay. So it's like she's writing the book and then you're understanding her process and then you get to read the book she's oh, writing. It's I see. That's genius. It is really good. He's he's great. But in that book, he says, the character says, um, like her character wrote the whole novel during National Novel Writing Month, which is November. And so she's like giving a speech about that and she says, well, that's unusual and this is the best advice. And I tried my best to stick with it and I don't and I fall off, but I want to keep doing it. If you write one page a day for a year, at the end of the year, you have a novel. Yeah, and that's more—that's longer than most novels are. Most yeah. novels are not 365 pages. No, exactly. And it's- so it's like that idea of being in this program is definitely good for my job. It's helped me be, you know, as an instructor. It's going to look good for my university. There's all kinds of good things there. But you know, I'm going to have this book when it's done. I hope that 15 people read it and say that was fun. Um, <laughs> you know, the friend of mine whose daughter is a film producer is convinced. She's not even read it. She just knows the plot, but she is convinced that's going to be a movie because she's always thinking in movie terms because that's what her daughter makes movie. films. So yeah. she's always thinking about, like, oh, this you'll be at the you'll have to take a year off to go to the film premiere. Like, <laughs> let's calm down. Um, I mean, I, I would be, I would be silly to say I haven't thought it. I haven't looked at my wife and I was like, oh, you know who would be good is this person. And I'd yeah. say it, and she's like, ah, she's too old, or oh, she's too young, or that wouldn't work, you know, whatever. So um I'm like, oh. So, I'd be silly that that's what you do. I mean, you, yeah. you, like you said, oh, wouldn't it be great if I had Joe Rogan numbers? Oh, um, I, have,
0: I have dreams of being interviewed on Joe Rogan and him, like that is, I was daydreaming about that today in my car. I was just driving. Sure. I was like, well, if Joe Rogan had me on a podcast, could I talk to him for three hours and say interesting? I don't think I'm interesting enough to do that, but I'd love to.
1: <laughs> sure. But that's what you're saying. You know, it's like, um, you know, you think like Mark Marin, who kind of made the whole podcasting thing a mm. thing, um, you know, he did it because he didn't have any other jobs, you know. He only started his podcast because he he couldn't work. He was angry. He was drunk. He started recording twice a week. He hired a producer. That's what you need. You need a producer. You need to be able to hand your stuff off to someone and be like, here's the stuff. I'll do this stuff. You do that <laughs> stuff. You know, but you, Th- you know that'd be the goal
0: if i if i could make money if i make money if i don't even even start a patreon or anything I, well that's to
1: the, the thing i think you sh- I, I don't know what it costs to start a page i'm assuming it, it, doesn't, it's free. it doesn't cost
0: anything yeah it's, it's free to start and some people have said to me you should start it but it's like to start it to get people to give me money just to give me money i feel like i should give them more content and it's like i i, I want to give people that content but without going into super depths so of my numbers my numbers aren't high enough for me to re- like if everyone who listened gave me the equivalent of one British pound a week. That's still less than I earn. And that's still less mm. than I would need to actually, you know, it, it, I would obviously, I wouldn't just quit my job tomorrow if I had, have many hundreds on Patreon, you know what I mean? But it's like, I don't, I don't want to do too early and then stretch myself too out too thinly and be like, Oh God, I need to do a Patreon thing once a month or once a week, or whatever. And then also stress when I've got, you know, everyone who listens, I value every listener and I'm really appreciative, but Even if you said, you know, five percent of everyone listening would actually pay money for it, Mm -hmm. that the the amount of people that is, although I'm sure they would really love it, it's like, am I? I can't at the moment warrant running myself ragged for a collective of people. That's if you know. I've seen Patreon pages of podcasts that are bigger than mine, and they start Patreon, and they're like, yeah. We get thousands of listens per episode. I'll do a Patreon. And then they do it. And then they've got like four patrons. And it's like they have to, then they've already committed to saying, I'm going to release an episode every week of an hour long. And I already release an episode of an hour long. And I'm doing it for four people. And it's like, that's, for some people, that's fine. But I, I'm a very busy guy. And this is currently a passion, passion project. But once I get, if I get big enough to really warrant, like I told you, I did speak about it. Uh, You'll probably notice in some of the podcasts a few months ago, I mentioned it at the end of the podcast saying, think about doing Patreon. I'm yeah, not sure, have, but yeah. then I kind of, I've leaned off that for now. So I sure. don't
1: know. Well, the one thing, and then I'm going to need to go because in, in about yeah, five I, minutes, I, know your I have time. to go start making uh, dinner. So I work from home and my wife works in the world. So I'm, <laughs> the, I'm the cook. So when she gets home, I like to have dinner ready and stuff because yeah. she has to be around people. And I don't, unless I choose to. So, um, I, you know, and I like cooking. I'm the vegetarian. Um, so, it's easier if I cook, but, um, <laughs> the one thing, you know, you could do, and again, just spitballing is if you did the Patreon, cause you generally, most of your shows, Oh, sorry about that. I hope that didn't come up. My computer virus thing just I made not anything. No. Oh, good. Um, most, most, uh, you know, most of your shows are two hours long. If you, and if you're recording one once a week and then you're using that, you know, and then if you're still recording once a week and then you're turning that into two hour shows, if you do one, edit it down to one hour and then do a bonus episode on Patreon. So if you, like, mm. if you liked what you heard, there's an extra hour with this person that's on Patreon. So you're creating two shows by only doing it once a week.
0: I have thought about that, um, which it's a fair idea, but I have also heard the counter, because I'm in a lot of, pod- I-, I won't take sure. up much more of your time, so this could be no, a real quick fine. thing, but um, I'm in a lot of pay- podcasting groups of oh. varying sizes and things, and they all say the biggest bugbear is when people start putting things, extra content, uh, they put, the, the kind of idea of it is almost uh, downloadable content for like video games. You can basically give someone a full product and then say, you pay extra, you get additions to that, or you can say, here's half the product, you can pay to get the rest of it. And for me, I find that a lot of my podcasts, the second part is actually often a lot better, especially when it's someone mm. I don't know that well, because the gears get oiled. And by the end of it, people are less like, oh, crap, I'm being recorded. Everything I'm going to say is going to be online forever, blah. Sure. It's more like, oh, there's, I'm just chatting with this dude. And some people... Yeah, that listen, makes sense. So, yeah. yeah.
1: No, that's fair. I, I mean, again, it's not... So, a friend of mine and I have talked about... Um, She's finishing up her doctorate and I'm finishing up my MFA. So we talked about, because there's not a lot of education ones. We were like, I was thinking we, you should do a podcast. Yeah. And we talk like she and I talk maybe once a month, probably not as much, probably not that much. We text a lot, you know, like here's something stupid. But when we talk, <laughs> we'll talk for like an hour about yeah. nerdy education stuff. Um, and so our thought was, well, we'll just do a, you know, talk and teach in with back and Tony and, and we'll just have our normal conversation and we'll just record it. Um, and we'd make that a thing. So we've talked about it and whether we will or not, I mean, she's getting more interested in it, but she's also, as we're speaking, defending her, uh, thesis, uh, proposal. So she is not really willing to, um, to do a new project while she's got, (laughs) you know, preteens and uh, writing a doctorate. So yeah, it's something we had considered and we'll see. I mean, I've got a lot going on and, you know, like you said, you don't want, I don't want to do something crappy. And yeah. I wouldn't want to do something that takes away from the writing or takes away from any of the other um, stuff that I'm doing either. Yeah. You know that stuff is important. to me Yeah.
0: too. So. Well, I was going to say um, I'll wrap up now, but I would just say yeah. um, uh, two quick things. First of all, if you do start a podcast, uh, you can come on here, promote it, and if you want any sure. advice or help uh, starting a podcast, I
1: appreciate that. Yeah. I, I
0: helped my mate, the one I mentioned earlier, uh, yeah. ignite the audio. I basically helped him start a podcast completely. Nice. So, um, and then the other thing was um, I would say with podcasting, uh, with the Patreon thing, it's It's more, I, if you, no matter, I want to clarify, no matter what you said at that point, if every model I've kind of thought of uh, of podcasting and I've kind of, Halfs, I can see yes and no for every single one of them, and in honesty, it's it's not even the way I go about it. It's just me at the moment, so sure. I do appreciate the input that way. But I just want to clarify. Yeah, of
1: no, no, I understand. Like I said, yeah. I've, I've, you know, I listen to podcasts. I've been on. This is the third one I've been on, and twice it was on comics. Well, you'll come so. on next year, and we'll yes, have a nerdy sure. chat. We'll that talk about like
0: Comics and all that sort of crazy stuff. But yeah, 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 I would love bit- that it's been absolutely incredible to chat with you for so long thanks. and you've been very generous with your time and uh yeah well def- i'll definitely have you on again and we'll just chat about nerdy stuff and that's what sure be- this was educational nerdy stuff which is also yeah. cool but we'll do yeah, yeah, other stuff but yeah thank you so much tony it's, it's been great
1: thanks You're- thanks for having me i appreciate it
0: and that's the end of the podcast thanks as always for tuning in guys um obviously if you liked anything that tony had to say be sure to find him on social media um i believe he's on twitter at tricycle boombox um there's a link in the description so be sure to check that out um i think i'm going to be having him on the show again at some point next year probably just to talk about nerdy stuff like comics and that sort of uh stuff because he sent me a, a couple of uh, pdfs of some comics that he's uh, been collecting and stuff so i've been reading them so well i'm still going to start reading them shortly so i want to read them chat with him about that and some of his favorite sort of authors and things but that won't be until next year so um just put that on a pause for now um coming up um i've got a chat due with a individual who is he hosts uh, a true crime podcast essentially um we were going to record it last week or this week whatever and then um we had to reschedule um so that's gonna be in a week or two Um, i'm also chatting with another podcaster on saturday um so the day before i normally release an episode um and that will be um, about, I think, sort of, it's going to be about a wide variety of things, but sort of uh, drug abuse, uh, sort of teenage lives, uh, caring for parents, divorce, like there's loads of uh, darker sort of things. So I think that's what we're going to be chatting about. I imagine I'll release that episode next week. Um, I've got three due to be recorded before I go to Italy at the end of the month. Um, I believe when I go to Italy I'm not sure I'll be releasing an episode that week so maybe another gap there or maybe I'll do a solo pod I don't know uh we'll see how that all goes um but yeah for now I'm, I'm hopefully recording three new episodes I'm hoping at least one of them will be a two-parter and then that'll take me to uh November and then I've got a few more um due to be recorded in November too um I don't think I'm going to do a Christmas one this year. I haven't figured it out. I might do. I don't know. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where I am at the moment. Um, Normally, I'm quite ahead with podcasting and things like that, but I've just been so busy with everything in life. You know, I'm still catching up from, you know, when I went to Mexico and moving house, and I just got my tattoo finished. So be sure to follow me on Instagram and you'll see a photo of that soon. because i've been talking about it for a little while because i got like most of it done and then i uh, there's a little bit of a break before i got it all finished but now i've got two fi- fully finished tattoos on my arm from star wars so now there's space for three more and then i have my whole sleeve done so <laughs> exciting stuff for me and mainly only me unless you're a big star Wars nerd like i am um so yeah uh, i'm hoping to do some collaborations should be on some other people's shows and stuff as well in the run-up to christmas or at least one or two other people's um I think my guesting on The Brave Files is probably going to be in the next couple of weeks. That should probably air soon, so be sure to look out for that. It's more me talking about my sort of dad and how that shaped me. Obviously, any listeners of the show should know that um, my dad passed away when I was 19, and I talk about it a fair amount because it's obviously quite a big thing that happened to me, and I I call it like an anchor point in my life. Uh, It was a point that really changed who I sort of was in, in a lot of ways. So, you know, I talk about that. If you're interested in that, you can go back to episode oh god i should have really thought of this uh i think it's between episode 30 and 40 or so it's, it's around that sort of region it's called the episode's called like remembering dad so if you go back it was released on father's day of 2018 uh so that'll give like a obviously i release like one a week so you scroll back far enough you'll find it um yeah uh following on social media super important uh well it's not that important i mean as in like if you can follow me on social media instagram twitter facebook whatever like posts share them things like that you know i don't spend any money on advertising so sharing via word of mouth or sharing on your individual social media pages even if you have like five people follow you like i do really appreciate it uh and as i always say you know um if this is your first time listening thanks for listening especially this far the second part i normally just like this outro bit i normally just kind of ramble on until i kind of get sick of hearing my own voice um but i was gonna say is if there's is your first time listening uh, go back and check out the back catalogue because if you enjoyed this chat you know tony's incredibly interesting guest and i have had a huge amount of other interesting guests of a wide variety of things um i've had a paleontologist on my friend wayne Uh, i've got the science but simple episodes um which are with my friend josh talking about how sort of Uh, science of everyday objects and things you know, talk about how light bulbs work, how the sun and the moon works and tides and all sorts of things like that we talk about misconceptions, like quite a wide berth of things, I'm hoping to get another one done and then maybe before Christmas Um, and then You know, there's also other episodes about education. I've had a blind filmmaker on called Goff. He's Australian. Yeah, he's blind and he makes movies. Um, He's been on the show twice. I had Bill M of the Church of Satan on the podcast. Um, So when we spoke about the misconceptions surrounding the church. So anyone who's interested in religion, that Church of Satan one's really, really interesting. We do talk about general religion as well as the Church of Satan. But to clarify, the Church of Satan is an atheist group. Like they don't worship Satan. They don't even believe that Satan is a real thing. So, you know... I like to try and have these conversations with people that I find interesting and things that help uh, debunk misconceptions. Essentially, I, I I want I want things to be clear. I guess I want things to be honest. Honest, and open conversations. So that's my kind of jam. Um, but yeah, look for the back catalogue. Um, if not very many people listen on YouTube, but on YouTube I organise things into playlists. So. If you go in there, there's like a playlist for funny chats, which are ones that are just kind of a laugh and aren't necessarily that serious. There's ones about movies. There's ones with entrepreneurs. There's ones about... Um I think religion and social uh, issues and things like that. So I've kind of, I have think it's like seven or eight playlists I've kind of put them into and I try and make sure each new episode gets put into that. So if you don't want to listen on YouTube, which is fine because barely anyone does, uh, if you go on YouTube, uh, find Genuine Chit Chat. Um, it should be fairly easy to find, and just type in this episode title, I guess, and it will come up. Um, and just check out the playlists on the channel and then it will have them on there and then you can kind of figure out what you want because, you know, this is the... I think it's like the 100th episode now or something. It's like... It's like number 71, but it's like the 100th thing I've uploaded, essentially, because um, obviously a lot of the episodes I do are part one and part two. So I've been going now, yeah, 100 uh, releases. So it's like 100 weeks of releasing things. So there are quite a lot of episodes out there. So, you know, go on YouTube to find that out. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now because I'm going on for ages. Uh, Thanks as always for listening, guys. I appreciate each and every one of you listening and sharing and all the sort of glorious things you usually do. Uh, And hopefully I'll talk to all of you next week.